You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actaus. Each episode, I dig deep into the world of cars with news, reviews, and other random motor talk. From engine cars to EVs, I'm here to entertain you whilst you're nipping through traffic or even whilst you're stuck at home trying to change your exhaust. But warning, I may ramble on about Fiat Pandas. You've been warned. Anyway, engage launch control. It's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the third series of the Piston Podcast, recorded today on the 28th of March 2021. I'm Daniel Actaus, host of the Piston Podcast. I've been here every week since the beginning. I can only apologise. Uh, this week on the show we have lots of interesting car news. We're going to kick off with Bentley in just a minute. So they've got some rather good news. A lot more positive than last week. I understand we started on a bit of a downer, but it was something we, we really had to cover. So if you want to listen to that, then... Uh, and any other podcast, actually, you can check that out on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all of the usual podcast places. There's plenty of them. Uh, as well as car news, we've got a Piston Podcast Pick of the Week, which this week is the Hyundai i20N, which was announced this week. What a great thing. Uh, a top 10 list of Pocket Rockets and My Way or Highway, which I'm not going not gonna to announce just yet, so that's a secret. I'll be leading you towards that. Also on the show this week, we've got this week's Quiz Question of the Week, which is a question I ask you, the listeners, uh, and you think of the answer, and then the answer is uploaded onto the um, onto the Piston Podcast Twitter, at Piston Podcast. And we're on the subject of social media. Remember, you can follow me personally, as Daniel, on Instagram and Twitter at DanielCarzo5 because when I'm not doing podcasting, I spend most of my life either obsessing over Fiat Pandas, as it says in the intro, or I am on social media, so there'll be a lot of stuff on there, a lot of Porsche posts and random stuff like that. And me holding up an exhaust, yes, probably means nothing to most of you people, but if you check out my social media, you'll see exactly what I mean, um, and you maybe wish that... You might have never checked it out. But there we go. That is promotional nonsense over. I think we should kick off with car news, as I just said, and Bentley. Bentley have some really good news. The 200,000th, that's a lot, Bentley ever made has just rolled off the production, the assembly line, the production line in crew. That is some really, really fantastic news. Uh, the Bentley factory is only, I'd say, uh, only a couple of miles down the road from me um, in crew. I'm very local to, to crew. And... Yeah, that, that's fantastic news. 200,000 Bentleys. If I'm honest, I would have thought it was maybe, maybe a bit more. Um, but, yeah, but obviously not. So, congratulations to Bentley. That's a very positive story to start us off. This is an interesting one to follow on from that story. Uh, the Portuguese police has given a seized Nissan GTR a very important new job. Apparently, it seems to be inspired by Jeremy Clarkson's sports ambulance Porsche 944 he used in the last season series sorry, um, of Top Gear before they went to the Grand Tour. So, what this is, is a, is a Nissan GTR that was seized by the Portuguese police. Um, and... They've started to recruit this GTR as a car. So this is a, it says GNR Transport something something on the front of it. I can't actually see it because of the reflection. Um, I could actually click on this. Oh, no. Oh, my computer's just gone a bit crazy. There we go. Get the article in front of me. I get all of my news stories from Drive Tribe. Um, a very good place to, you know, find some of the more interesting car stories. So it says here... If the police authorities in your area seize a performance vehicle only to keep it in their compound, you know they aren't utilising their resources properly. And that's how Portugal's Garda Nacional Republicana, which is a GNR, which I just said, or National Republican Guard, doesn't like to work. 
So apparently upon seizing a Nissan GTR, the GNR, by installing emergency stickers uh, and some flashing lights, have managed to turn a track-focused sports car, the Nissan GTR, into a designated vehicle for organ delivery duty. That is good. Um, if you're a regular to the Piston Podcast, you'll know that probably months ago now, but this is probably Series 2, um, we're talking about a Lamborghini that was used by, uh, I think, the ambulance to deliver a heart or something to somebody who was in urgent need of one. Uh, I believe it was a Lamborghini Huracan, and they averaged high speeds. But yeah, that's, that's good news, to be honest. I know here in the UK we get Mercedes Sprinters doing that job. Uh, it's nice to know abroad they're doing it a bit, you know, a bit cooler because, yeah, if you want a heart delivered to you or, you know, organs or stuff like that, you might as well do it in a, in style in a Lamborghini or in an Nissan GTR. So that's, uh, that's, a nice, that's a nice news story. Honda has sold its Swindon manufacturing plant in Swindon. Now, apparently it was sold to a logistics company called Panatoni, Panatoni. Uh, however, it's said, I think this is this is not going to be the last plant we see that gets sold here in the UK because because of Brexit. Uh, I know a lot of car manufacturers are packing their bags and you know going back to the EU. And we're not going to get too political, but if you are a regular listener, you probably know my view on all this Brexit stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I know Vauxhall are sort of considering the same thing. And what's the company called? Grenad uh, Ineos. Ineos, which is a Welsh company, is now their cars are being built in Belgium, I think, which is not very not very Welsh at all. So yeah, it's not gonna be the last plant we see that gets sold elsewhere, but there we go. Um now this is interesting. Aston Martin has made a special version of the Vantage and it's called the F one edition, I think. And it's it's basically this we're gonna come on to F one in a bit, because obviously today as I'm recording this was the Bahrain Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Grand Prix. That's a good. That's a good name for a new new championship. Grand Prix. See how uh, how quickly the P's can roll off the plate. I don't know what I'm talking about now, but yeah, they've made a special edition of the Vantage, and it's got a a, a whopping grille, new wheels. It's got a little spoiler at the back. Quite a big spoiler actually. Probably a wing. Yeah, it's wing. Um, and it's got a bit of a body kit. And this is inspired by the safety car. Now, if I'm being honest, I don't see the point. But yes, it is cool. Yes. I was listening to Smith & Sniff, um, which is a rival podcast, although it's not really rival because they are much better, <laughs> uh, with Johnny Smith and Richard Porter. And they were talking about this Aston Martin. And I think it was Richard Porter, Sniff Petrol, who said that it's almost like it's got no bottom chin. Um, the grill, which is quite massive, goes down, down, down into nothing. They could have done with a bottom chin. You know, double chin car. And I can see where Richard was coming from when he said that. Um, but I, I'm going to argue that it's going to be very split-opinioned, and it all depends on what colour you get, but I know Aston Martin have made a an optional bumper, which is kind of admitting failure. But there we go, that car has come out, so if that, that's exciting. We to talk about this F1, uh, F1 race that was on today. Now, this is at the Bahrain Grand Prix, I believe they finished in Bahrain um, when the, the, the last uh, the 2020 season end ended, and it started again at Bahrain, and it started today at 4pm British time. British summertime now, happy summer. Um, Bahrain International Circuit, as I just said. Now, qualifying. Um, Max Verstappen qualified first, I believe, and in practices he was first. And it was going to be a very exciting weekend because I know people, a lot of people, majority, I'm not saying everybody, but the majority of people are getting a bit bored of Lewis Hamilton doing all of the winning. And it was looking promising. Max Verstappen was, we all thought he was going to do it, uh, which is great because Verstappen is a great guy. 
Um, he, he's just great, and he's young, which is good for good for Formula One. Um, and he was in the lead until right at the end when Lewis Hamilton took the crown. Yes, Lewis Hamilton first place in um, the first race, the Bahrain Grand Prix, on the 28th of March, as I'm recording this. Followed by Verstappen, then Bottas, and then Norris, and then Perez, and then Leclerc, and then Ricardo, And it goes on and on and on. So there we go. Uh, If we have a look now, Mick Schumacher, who is new to F1, um, taking over from his his dad, the legend Michael Schumacher, he came 16th for Haas, uh, car number 47, um, and he was actually a lap slower than the the winner, Lewis Hamilton. So there we go. Uh, Marzipan, Nikito Marzipan, who people really don't like for reasons we're not going to go into too much, but I'm sure you're all aware it's not very good at all. Um, he came last place. He, he didn't finish, um, which is... Huh. I, I can imagine a lot of F1 fans are quite happy about it because, you know, all this say no to marzipan business. So there we go. But anyway, I'm, I'm pretending like an F1 expert. I'm not. So we're going to move on from F1 and we're going to talk about this. A valet driver has crashed a Tesla Model 3 into a wall and then blames autopilot. That's interesting, isn't it? He was driving the car, valet Parker, obviously, it's his job. And he's blaming the autopilot for it smashing into a wall. Now, is this a way that he can, you know, blame Tesla or get away with something? Or is it actually a fault with Tesla where autopilot kicks in and maybe does something really bad? This is something that really needs to be, you know, paid attention to by Tesla. Um, so, yeah, that's not, that's not very good at all. That's, that's really quite shocking. There's a picture here. And it's in a bit of a state. So, there we go. That's, all, that's, that's the only way I can say it. Glickenhaus, which is an epic name, wants to build a road-legal version of its 007 Le Mans racer. So apparently this road car will have... How much horsepower? Take a guess. Uh, If I was to guess, I'd probably say 700, which is quite generous. No, double that. 1,400 horsepower in a road car. Um, Yes, that is going to be quite bonkers, isn't it? I I can... I can guess that already. Now, going back to F1, I apologise, there's another news story here. Good news, or maybe bad news if you're an EV fan, F1 will not go electric. The new CEO of Formula One said that that Formula One will not go electric and will stay hybrid. So, yeah, that's that's, that's kind of good news, because I suppose electric is all Formula E. So, to have electric F1 cars is just making everything electric to the point where... Every single motorsporty thing is all, you know, sort of the same. So, there we go. I suppose it's kind of good news, but, you know, not good news for the planet, of course. Um, now, GMC has unveiled a refreshed 2022 Terrain Compact SUV. If I'm honest, I don't really care, because we don't need any more SUVs, to be honest. But, there we go. This car has come out, and if you like GMC SUVs, which I know a lot... Uh, well, if you live in Britain, then probably not. But if you're an American listener, hello... Um, then this might be interesting to you. So that's fair enough. So that's coming out in 2022. Refreshed, sort of new styling to match the rest of the GMC lineup and a rugged AT4 model. So that's good, maybe. Um, let's move on to one more news story and then we'll move on to some of the, the more main things of the show. Um, Manhart has specced out a BMW M3 and M4 in black and gold trim. Now, this is quite gorgeous. It's got gold stripes. It's got a sun strip. I don't like sun strips, but other than that, it's nice. Gold wheels. I don't think these are BMW wheels, but they're just aftermarket wheels. Um, and it's nice. It's not flashy gold. It's sort of like it's like a stylish gold. So anyway, I can say it. And I've got to say, it's quite impressive. So, you know, 
hands up to um, Manhart, whoever he is. Uh, I might get grilled for saying whoever he is because he might just be, end up being this really famous person. I know um, I've had messages in the past from people, uh, cough, cough, Ian Soman, who's a previous guest, who um, has basically laughed at the fact I didn't know who you know all these famous people were. I, I mentioned somebody's name and um, I said, I don't know who he is, and he turned out to be this really famous racing driver. So my bad, but there we go. I'm only 15, you know, pushing 16, getting older. Ooh. And I probably I wasn't alive when most of these iconic racing things happened, so that's my that's my poor excuse. Anyway, uh, in fact, let's just finish off with this one, because this is quite interesting. Subaru and Toyota are joining forces to create a new car. Will it be something performance or off-road? Now, I'm going to leave you on that. I'm not going to answer, but there we go. We might pick up with that later on in the series when maybe they announce it, or maybe even Series 4, which uh, I, I've kind of committed to now by saying that just then. <laughs> I can imagine it will. Series 4 probably will happen. It's getting quite scary now. The podcast is pushing on. I think this is the 44th podcast I've ever done, which is very scary. That is a, that, that's, a, that's a lot of podcasts. And if you've been listening since the start, then fair play. I know I put a poll out on Twitter, I think, two days ago or something, uh, basically saying, like, how long have you been listening to the Piston Podcast? Let me just get up the poll. I said, what did I say? <laughs> Scrolling down on my Twitter. I said, it's just hit me that I've recorded 43 episodes of the Piston Podcast. Well, 44 now as I'm recording this. So then, how long have you been listening? Vote below. So 36% of people have been listening since the beginning. 21% of listening a while. And 43%, most people, are newbies. So to all of the newbies, welcome along. I do hope you stay for future episodes because it means a lot. And I know Piston Podcast is doing really well, so I'm more than grateful for that. So thank you for the support. Anyway, I reckon we should move on to some other stuff. Let's talk about television because I'm an idiot. That's what I am. A couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that Top Gear was starting, Series 30. And I said I'd talk about it. And then I said I'd talk about it the week after. And I completely forgot both episodes. So there's now two episodes that have been aired. And tonight, um, on the day I'm recording this, on the 28th, is Series 3. So by the time this podcast is out, three episodes are already be out. So I can't talk about Episode 3. You'll probably know by now anyway, who's so listening to this. But Episode 1 and 2, let's talk about them. Episode 1 of the 30th series, 30th, wow, saw Chris Harris, Paddy McGuinness and Freddie Flintoff get, go in their dad's cars for a road trip. And that episode really won the respect of many of the older Top Gear fans, I think, because it was quite heartfelt. I know Chris Harris was getting very emotional. Um, he was in a BMW 323i, which was just gorgeous. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Uh, Paddy McGuinness was in a Ford Fiesta. And uh, Freddie Flintoff was in a... What was he in? Yeah, I think he was in a Ford Cortina. Yes, he was. Might be the Mark III. And, uh, yeah, it's very nostalgic for them. And a good watch for us. Now, it wasn't very, you know, wrecking. They weren't wrecking the cars like they normally normally do. Uh, I know Chris Harris actually bought that 323i for himself. So that's coming home back to him, which I think is just lovely. When, you know, any Top Gear presenter keeps a car for themselves that they use for the show, it must be good and it must mean an awful lot to them. And it has a story to tell, which is nice. So, yeah, that episode was great. Uh, what car did they review in that? Uh, they reviewed the... Oh, I can't even remember now. What cars did they review? Oh, dearie me. Oh, I can't can't actually remember. This is bad. Episode 2 of Series 30, we'll move on, saw the um, the trio celebrate the best of Bond. So they went and searched for the best Bond cars, you know, Aston Martins and 
cars like that and a Toyota that none of people have ever heard of and is now worth millions. And, you know, most of the show was, I think, like over half an hour of it was just Bond cars. So, yeah, that, that was a nice watch for Bond fans. I've never been a, a fan of Bond, but the cars are just phenomenal. You can't argue against that. So, there we go. That was also a good watch. Um, and then I know the cars reviewed was the new Ferrari Roma, and then they compared it to the Alfa Romeo GTA something or other, which is made by Alfa Holics. So it's a modern, modern version of the old Alfa uh, GTA. I can't remember what GTA, but you can probably guess if you've watched it already. And they did a comparison. And to be honest, I'd pay the more money to get the Alfa, the Alfa Holics, because my word, it's absolutely stunning. So there we go. Episode three streams. Not streams, but, you know, it's broadcasted tonight on BBC One. Um, or, you know, this isn't live, so it, it, I guess complete lies. It's now available on BBC iPlayer. Or if you've already watched, then there you go. You've already watched it. So I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. Maybe. It depends if I'm get joined by a guest. I think I will be, <laughs> which is good news. Um, I need to contact my possible guest. That's just reminded me. Um, now, moving away from that, uh, on social media about a week ago, I put a picture up of a Porsche 911 that I saw in a garage, and it was under a cover. Now, I took some sneaky pictures, and recently, the owner of that Porsche 911 kindly took the cover off and showed me. He didn't have the keys on him that moment, but he it was left unlocked in this garage, so he showed me he showed me inside of it and stuff like that, let me sit in it, which was nice. And the scary thing is, I'm about six foot one, I think, and <laughs> I'm already touching the roof, which is making me quite heartbroken, because I really want one of them cars. If I can't fit in it, then I might have to opt for the Targa or something. But this was a Porsche 911E, 1971, in Guards Red. And the owner of this car um, um, bought it about 30 years ago, I believe, for two grand. They're now worth over £100,000. Wow, what an investment. Over the years, he has changed the colour from brown to Guards Red. I don't know exactly what brown. Um, and he's also put new body panels all around it because it was rusted like hell and in fairly bad condition. But now it's absolutely mint. So I've put updated photos of it not underneath the cover on Instagram and Twitter. So you can go and check that out at Daniel Carso 5 because it's stunning. One of my favourite cars, to be exact, is a 911E. So it's one of the really simplistic, gorgeous ones, you know, when Porsche were just on point and oh I'm just obsessing over it I've really got to move on now because I could talk about this Porsche all day and I can't do that because I try and limit you know when I'm on my own I try and limit this podcast to half an hour because I know I can ramble now moving on now to the Piston Podcast Pick of the Week which is a car review each week now it's a very hard decision because you know there's so many cars released this week I've chosen to review the all new Hyundai i20N now I'm going to get a picture of it in front of me so I can talk about some of the design, because it is an interesting design. I20N. Um, now, let's go run through some of the specs quickly. Um, it's priced, it's going to be priced around 25 grand, although it's not confirmed yet. So it could be around that mark, could be less, could be more. If it's more, I'd be surprised, though. Uh, it's powered by a 1.6-litre turbocharged four-cylinder petrol engine, producing just over 200 horsepower at 204. Um, it... It's got 270 newton meters of torque. It's front-wheel drive. It's got a limited slip diff, you know, slipper. So we're supposed to have a slipper. Um, it's got a six-speed manual gearbox, how it should be. MPG is unconfirmed, as is the CO2 emissions claim. Uh, and auto 60 is 6.7 seconds. Max is out at 143 miles per hour. It weighs over a ton at 1,190 kilograms. 
Uh, it's got five doors, five seats, I believe. Although that's, I don't think that's confirmed either. Uh, a bit of extra information for you. It's got mechanical LSD as standard, as I just mentioned before. Upgraded suspension and brakes to give it that extra sporty feel. 18-inch wheels. It's got a rev blipper, so when you change gear, it keeps the revs up to you know give you a proper good gear change. And a red line of 6,750 RPM. So them specs, yeah, they're quite impressive. Now, when I first heard about this car earlier this week, I thought, ooh, this could be a good rival to the Toyota GR Yaris. don't think it will be. I mean, it's got a lot less power, like 60 less horsepower, and it's not four-wheel drive, so no. But it is a rival to the Ford Fiesta ST, VW Polo GTI, and the Toyota Yaris GRMN, the Grimmina. Um So not the GR, but the GRMN, or Grimmina, however you want to say it. I quite like saying Grimmina because it's just fun. I could do ASMR now and go, Grimmina. Hopefully that's come out nice and bassy in your ears. Um, so there we go. Pros and cons, as said by me. Pros, I love the styling. It's it's gorgeous, in fact. It's like a baby i30N. Um, it's it's really nice. The front end is, is quite aggressive, but quite cutesy. The rear end is a bit... I mean, the lights are a bit like the new Audi e-tron GT. And they're set quite low on the car, like halfway down the car. Which at first looks odd, and I wasn't a fan of at first. But since then, I've really grown to this design. And it's got a little cheeky wing at the back. And then the typical Hyundai N blue. And the interior as well, I just think is really well thought out. The dials, in fact, weirdly remind me of the Rover 75. Um, which, is, which is really nice and really unusual, because it's a Hyundai. The gear knob is nice. The screen is quite sizable, but, you know, quite nicely designed, unlike the GR Yaris. Uh, three pedals, you know, it's a manual. I just think it's very well thought out. Two more pros. The handling, this limited slipper, um, is going to be, you know, it's going to be good for exiting corners. And it's good for young enthusiasts, because, you know, you see Hyundai i30Ns, and they're always driven by young people, okay? There always are, the early 20s, maybe. This i20N... I think it's perfect as a, you know, as a, a second car. So a lad that's turned 17 or a woman and they've got a Fiesta, for example. And when they turn 19, 20, they want something cool to move up to. And instead of going for the obvious Fiesta ST, you know, Corsa VXR, they can go to this, the i20N. I think it's perfect. Now, cons. It's not a rival to the GI Yaris. Now, this may be a pro. But I think it's a bit of a shame. I think this would have, could have had a lot of potential, because I know Hyundai are very good at this hot hatch business, even though they're quite new to it. I mean, they're a rivaling Volkswagen with their first Hyundai i30N, so that says a lot. Um, it's not as iconic as other cars. There's sort of no heritage behind the Hyundai N brand, unlike, say, Golf GTI, Honda Civic Type R, and stuff like that, for example. But maybe that's not a problem. Maybe this is a, a, a sign of things to come from Hyundai rather than the past. Which is nice. So you could you could also say that's a that's a that's a pro. Uh, another con has got a very bumpy ride, especially at low speeds. Now, as a Fiat Panda 100 HP owner, it's something I'm very very much used to. So yeah, it might be an annoyance to some people, but you know it's sporty at the end of the day. So you know what more can you expect? Now I'm going to give it a Piston Podcast rating of four out of five. Although I'm tempted to give it a four point five out of five now because I do quite like it even more now. I've just talked about it. Now, would I buy one? Hmm, that is interesting. You've got to remember, it's 25 grand, probably. And you can get a GR Yaris, GRMN Yaris, sorry, uh, Gazoo Racing Masters and Nürburgring, um, for, you know, about 17 grand. That's a few years old. And that's got, you know, a couple more horsepower. And it's a Toyota. So it's interesting. It really is interesting. Fiesta STs, I think, are 
are also, you know, maybe even less than the GIRMN. Maybe not. Maybe around the same. But this is a new car at the end of the day. So, yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to search up now on my PC. How much is a Ford Fiesta ST new now? Because that's going to be interesting. Uh, interesting thing to talk about. The price difference. Now, if I was to choose between a Ford ST, Ford ST and a Hyundai N, then I don't know what I'd go for, to be honest, because obviously it's a fast forward, forward sporter, um, and you know, it's a Hyundai. Hyundai are doing really well, so I wouldn't doubt them at all. Um, <laughs> I can't actually find the price. RRP from £21,950 starts at that. Um, yes. Yeah, right, okay. That's that's quite a bit less if it is if you know, if the I twenty N does come out at twenty five grand. That's interesting actually. I'm I'm gonna come back to talking about this car when we know more about it in a few weeks, I think. Uh especially more about the MPG and economy, because might be hiding something quite naughty there. But yeah, it's an interesting car, nevertheless. If the car isn't for you and you're still in the market for a pocket rocket, then I'm gonna give you a top ten list. And number ten is the Kia Picanto GT line S, which is, you know, great looking. And number 9 is the Audi A135 TFSI. These names are getting ridiculous. And number 8 is the Renault Clio 130 RS line. And number 7 is the Abarth 695. Are you ready for this? Competizione. And number 6 is the Mazda 2 GT Sport. And number four, 5 is the Volkswagen Up GTI, which is which is which I'm a big fan of. It's a Volkswagen GTI for, you know, peanuts. You can get it for like 10 grand now. So that's that's a good thing to think about. But... Yeah, it's kind of less the power as well, you know, half the power. And number four is the Mini Cooper S. And number three is the Suzuki Swift Sport. And number two is the Volkswagen Polo GTI, another Volkswagen. Again, second hand, a few years old, maybe 13 grand. And that has similar power. So you'd save a lot of money there, it's up to you. And at number one is the Ford Fiesta ST. So obviously the i20N hasn't properly come out yet, so you can't expect it to be hitting these charts already, courtesy of Autocar. Because, you know, not many people know about them yet. So, maybe that top ten list will change in the future. We shall wait. Uh, now, My Way or Highway, if you're unfamiliar with this segment, I know I say this every week, but, you know, we have some newbies, apparently, according to my Twitter poll. Then My Way or Highway is a segment where I talk about a nice road or racetrack, as of last week and some other episodes. And you can either take that route, or you can bog off, and you can take the highway. Yes, it's My Way or the Highway, which I believe is a song, I think. Might be wrong. Uh, now, this week is the A169, um, giggle all you want, which is the Smuggler's Route, as it's known as. It runs from the edge of the Yorkshire Wolds, uh, yeah, I did write that right, the, the Yorkshire Wolds, I hope I'm saying that right, at Pickering, Ronnie Pickering, and across North York Moors National Park. It's a favoured haunt of smugglers uh, because they brought salt across from the moors to avoid the salt tax back in the day. That's why it's called the Smuggler's Route. Because it's the route the smugglers took. Ah. And it's 15 miles long, and apparently it's breathtaking. As with every route I talk about on My Way or Highway on the Piston Podcast. Uh, Britain's unleading, leading motoring podcast. So, there we go. If you want somewhere to go, maybe with your future i20N or GR Yaris or something, then go to the A169, giggles, uh, which is a smuggler's route. And do some research, set some pictures, because it's quite nice. Now, we're coming up to the end now, so it's time for the quiz question. Now, again, I'm on a roll with this now because I know at the start of the series when I first started doing the quiz question, because it is a new segment, um, I didn't plan. I just completely forget. That's why it's it's only written small in my little script thing in front of me. So I always forgot. Um, but this week, 
uh, I've planned for it. So, as usual, I'll ask the question here now. I won't tell you the answer. Um, and then shortly after the podcast is released on the Monday, on the Piston Podcast Twitter, at Piston Podcast, and on my Instagram, my personal Instagram, at DanielCarso5, I publish the answer. Now, normally late Monday, but I know... <laughs> the last episode I completely forgot, so it's done on a Wednesday, but typically the start of the week. So, this week, the Piston Podcast quiz question is, famously, right, what was the brief for the Citroen 2CV? What did it have to carry? That was specific, right? The specific question is, what was the 2CV made to carry? I'll give you a clue. It was held in a basket, or they were held in a basket. Um, so, there we go. I'm not going to give you any more clues. Um, just there we go. 2CV. Made to handle what without them breaking? That is this week's quiz question. It'll be published on the Piston Podcast Twitter and my Instagram. So follow there. My socials are at DanielCarzo5. As I said, you already know that. If you follow me already, thank you very much. And the Piston Podcast is at Piston Podcast. Do remember to subscribe to the podcast as well. Follow it. You know, share it with your friends. Give it a positive review because it helps a massive amount. If you already have, then thank you ever so much. Your support is it's always appreciated. Obviously, this podcast, you know, I don't get paid for it or anything. It's just something I do to have fun. So to get all this, you know, complimentary stuff is just lovely. So thank you for the support as always. And I've got some very exciting stuff to come, um, including... Oh, I can probably give you a bit of a clue to something exciting to come. I haven't hinted this, although I maybe did on my Instagram a bit. I have been approached by a certain magazine to write a feature about a certain car. That's all I'm going to say. But it'll be out you know, probably in a month. So there we go. Keep Stay tuned for that. I'm very excited to share it with you all. 1,500 words. <laughs> Better get cracking. And another piece of good news, I'm featuring in another podcast. Yes, it's the Car Talk podcast, which is a sub-podcast from The Grand Teen, which is a really, really good YouTube channel. So go check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's like a parody grand tour, basically. Um, done by three lads, and yeah, legendary, absolutely legendary. So I'm on their podcast with Bailey and Matty, the Car Talk podcast, so go and, you know, stay tuned for that, and you can find out a bit more about me, you know, if you really want to, and we talk about the latest car news, but uh, yeah, there's plenty of podcasts you can listen to other than this one. (laughs) Uh, I'm not biased. Anyway, thank you ever so much for listening, and I will see you next week. Cheerio! Thank you for listening to this episode of the Piston Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Just before you go, remember you can follow me on social media at DanielCarzo5 and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. See you next time for more interesting car chats.